The Sharp Square Podcast. This is Monday's Hindsight 2020 edition for NFL Week 10. And I'm going to tell you right now, normally this is a podcast reviewing me and Mike's five picks from the weekend's Super Contest. Pick five NFL games against the spread. Uh, this week, it's going to be a little bit different. For for those of you who know and have been listening, two weeks ago, uh, I was left home alone to my own devices to pick our five games, and it went poorly, two and three. However, picking games overall that week, I was 10 and four. I know, how many times is this guy going to mention that 10 and four? Many. Um, so I decided because I was finding ways to get losers in the contest, I needed to step back, step away. Mike took over for the picks last week. I purely focused on my cash plays. And I gotta tell you, the contest didn't go so well, two and three, but I'm not going to really get into those games. We're going to get into them on Thursday because uh, there are definitely some gripes to be made, some confusion on my part uh, for the process that Mike chose uh, to, to take on that week, but he was in charge. He put his best effort forward. It just didn't work out, and and that's been the theme for us a lot this year, but not going to break down those games. I want to focus on my cash games, and why wouldn't I? It was the most winningest week that I've had in years. I was 4-0 on my bets, didn't get any garbage on my ticket, walked away from the games that I should have walked away from. What do you know? They turned out to be losers. Got down on everything I wanted to get down on that was a winner. It was a really good week. And I think so much of that had to do with my ability to really focus on the cash game. Because the problem that I've been having... And maybe this is something some other football gamblers are trying to figure out. Is when you're playing in these handicapping contests, they're all mostly the same. You get the whole slate of NFL games with all the point spreads. You got to pick five games. And your best record goes forward. Total on the year wins the whole thing. But I've been having a lot of trouble figuring out the methodology to play this. Because it's unlike cash. In cash, you can play as few or as many games as you like. This one was forcing you to pick five. And I was just in a position where I didn't know what I was doing wrong. But I knew I was doing something wrong. I had to step back, reevaluate, and just take a look from another angle. It helps so much in life, and I and it really helped me here. And, and here's the story I'll say that it reminded me of. When I was a kid, probably eight or nine years old, my mother made me take piano lessons. 
you know, she played the piano, my sister played the piano, her mother played the piano, the genes skip me. I don't have any musical inclination or talent whatsoever, but I took the year of piano lessons. And I never really learned how to play. Uh, I'll be honest, I couldn't read a sheet of music to save my life. But what I could do is I could watch people play a song and sort of memorize where what keys they were pressing. And it wasn't a great way to play the piano because any time I would play the piano, my inclination would be just get through the song and don't mess up. Don't make a mistake. So it's like every key that I press, I'm, I'm, I'm like cringing, sticking my ear out, wait, waiting to hear an awful sound that doesn't go. And it was no way to play the piano. I think I gave it up after that year. It's not important. The point of the story is the piano is a beautiful instrument. And when you listen to people who know how to play the piano, I mean, it's such an appreciated skill that you can just sit there and this beautiful harmony and notes just comes out of this big block of wood with ivory but it's people's ability to play something that's really special and that's what those people are doing people who know the how to play the piano aren't worrying about messing up every time they press a key they know what sound they want to hear and are deliberately getting that big box of wood and ivory to play those sounds. Now, I am no concert pianist when it comes to betting. I mean, I am some guy jamming on a keyboard at a dive bar at best. But what I realized this weekend was I wasn't scared to death trying to get five games that I thought Maybe I can survive if I play this game and this game. No, no, no. I didn't have to bet any games. I was just looking for the games that were going to make beautiful music. And that music is called cash. And that, I think, is an approach we should all try to do more in life. Don't be so scared of messing up and making mistakes. Frankly, anyone that's good at the piano has pressed the wrong key thousands of times. That's how they got good at piano. And it's the same thing in sports betting. You have to fire and fire again and continuously fire on concepts. Now, you want to get smarter and you want to get sharper and you want to learn the right things versus the wrong things to do. But you're gonna have to make a lot of bets before you even learn what a good bet is. I think I've gotten myself so wrapped up in these sports betting contests that I've been playing over the past three years that I'm going into every week trying to figure out how I'm going to pick five winners, trying to find five likes on a board of 14 to 16 games, the best bettors in the world don't do this. 
Yeah, maybe sometimes they bet a lot of games, but some weeks they bet one, two, maybe no games. This week, I was just looking for the symphonies, and if it wasn't there, I passed. For example, I liked the Denver Broncos, but then later in the week when I saw that both of their tackles were going to be out, I was already a little leery. They came off the big Dallas win, Now they have a home game as a favorite before the bye. And man, I just don't get a good read on Philadelphia. But I do know that having a compromised offensive line against Philly's defensive front is not a recipe for success. Did I need to get off the Broncos and find another game? Nope. I just didn't bet the Bronco game. I laid off it. It was as simple as that. It was that non-play that I was almost more proud of than any of my winning plays because I had the discipline to walk away. I didn't think, maybe I'll get lucky and I'll win and God, I'll be so mad if this game wins and I didn't bet it. Nope, didn't care. Knew it wasn't the game I was looking for and I had the choice to get myself away from it. Now, Mike's pick of the week in the contest, I will say, was New England. And we both liked the Patriots, but it was his ultimate decision. And this was one of the few times where we were collecting our money in the first quarter. Belichick absolutely manhandled the Cleveland offense. They couldn't produce anything. And offensively, it was Mac Jones' best game of the year. Great pick there by Mike. This was a good cash bet. In Belichick, I trust. I got the best of the number. We got it as a win in the contest. Mike was profitable cash-wise too. You know the world is in an odd place when on a Sunday Mike is clapping for the Patriots. Although he had to shower immediately after the game. Because he just felt so dirty for back in Belichick. I also had the New Orleans Saints. Now, I gotta be honest with you, I bet this game earlier in the week at three because I saw books moving to two and a half and I wanted to get the three. Then the news comes out that Alvin Kamara and the left tackle for the Saints were gonna be out. I gotta be honest with you, I don't know if I still would have bet this one. I still liked the Saints. I still thought they were the right side, and frankly, in hindsight, I think statistically they won the game. They got hosed by an awful call, but these things happen. Uh, It's hard to say, had I not bet early, I might not have had the good fortune of cashing that ticket. One game I caught, unbelievable timing. I've never had this luck before in my life. Me and my wife went to a beer fest on Saturday, so needless to say, as I crawled into bed for an early slumber, I had the TV on and was barely awake when I saw the news scroll at the bottom of the screen that Ben Roethlisberger was on the COVID list. Instinctively, I jump on all my sportsbook websites, games off the board, games off the board, except one site. The game was on the board still at Detroit plus eight. I immediately bet it. Then I bet it again. 
And my thought at the time in my drunken stupor was, tomorrow when they fix this line, it'll be the Mason-Rudolph line, and this number will come down to six, maybe even five, and I'll have a chance to middle. So just this happened. I found a website, one of my books, that offered the game at five the next day. So I basically have a bet on the Lions plus eight and a bet on the Steelers minus five. So if the Steelers win by six or seven, I win both bets. It's called a hedge. It's called a, I hedged a little bit, but I knew, I knew I didn't want to play double my bet on Detroit. So I knew I was going to hedge out of it by betting the other side. Just a little bit of protection. But it only cost me a few dollars in VIG. And I got to tell you, this game went to overtime. And in overtime, I'm rooting for the Steelers not to score because they can't, but to turn the ball over to Goff because my only shot at getting a touchdown for the Steelers was if Goff was the quarterback on the play. It was a hoot. I had a great time. We were cheering. I knew by overtime I couldn't lose my bigger bet, which was Detroit plus eight. Sometimes you don't win these bets, but they pay you off with such live action. I mean, I had to be the only person in the world who enjoyed watching the Detroit-Pittsburgh game. The last game I bet yesterday, I was all over Carolina. I was waiting and waiting because if Kyler Murray played, it was going to be my bet of the year. But I had a feeling once McCoy was announced, the line would drop. So I bought in. I bought in at eight and a half. The number came down. I liked the fact that that Cam was going to be there and was going to be dressed. I didn't think Cam would be productive on the field, but he's got to be an upgrade to the ghost-seeing disaster that has been Sam Darnold. Sometimes when teams make moves, trades, free agency, you don't necessarily have to evaluate the X's and O's, but just look at the message that the player's addition or subtraction brings. This was a plus for Carolina, and I also felt that Because Colt McCoy played good last week, people just assumed Colt McCoy's going to be just fine this week. It usually doesn't work with backup quarterbacks that way, folks. So I felt good about Carolina, loved my bets this week. Be sure to check out Thursday's podcast. Me and Michael go over the contest picks, and we're going to get back as a team picking winners.